Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Zone Defense Podcast, and be sure to ring that bell to get post notifications. Also, drop a comment down below and let us know your thoughts on today's topic. Today, Roman, Chris, and I are diving into our weekly pick'em for week eight of the NFL season. How's it going, guys? I'm good, Drew. You know, last week, very good week for me. Made up a one-game deficit on you guys, so you just got to keep the momentum, and I'll, I'll be contending as soon as you know it. Ah, uh, you're just you're so far in last place, man. It's just it's not even close. I mean, me and Drew, we're we're up here fighting at the top, and then Roman, just a distant. You're tanking for next year, man. Maybe you get some draft picks for next season. But uh, we're we're not gonna waste any time. We're gonna jump into the news and notes as we got breaking news basically right when we started the podcast. Texans, Houston Texans, get a positive COVID test. They're on by, but they closed their facilities. That's that's breaking news of this minute right now via Twitter. So interesting news here. Um, I don't really think you need to get a reaction from any either of you because it's it's kind of just more news that's been based at the last couple of years. It it stinks, but hopefully maybe it's a, a false positive or something. They can get they can get it back under control before their next game after the bye week. And a much needed bye week for this team too is they're absolutely terrible. But uh let's jump into the the injuries, I guess, to start. Uh to talk about here. The the big news clearly OBJ out for the season towards ACL on the stupid tackle, which I hate when receivers go after and tackle a receiver or a tackle uh, a defender after an interception, like kind of like DK Metcalf did when he hawked Buda Baker. But, uh, you know, that's all key. It sometimes causes injuries. In this case, it's going to be out for the year. The big hit, obviously, but uh, some other injuries as well. Andy dealt with the concussion. I believe he's going to miss this week. Uh, Landon Collins is out for the season. Chris Godwin broke his finger, which was very weird news as well before – or after the game, didn't really hear much about it. A couple of days later, it's kind of coming out that he got surgery or whatever. He's he's going to miss a game or two. So, I mean, A.B., good signing, I guess. Uh, Debo Samuel, down with the hamstring injury, he's going to miss a couple of weeks as well. Uh, another one we didn't put on here is uh, Jeff Wilson. He's also going to miss some time with a high ankle sprain. Philip Lindsay got, I believe, a concussion. He He's probably going to miss a game. Uh, Chris Carson with a midfoot sprain, same injury as, as Joe Mixon. I don't expect to see him for a couple weeks as well, but I'm also not a doctor, so I have no idea. But, uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, another guy with a high – there's been so many high ankle sprains this year, man. I mean, this is – a honestly, I think this is just as dreaded for uh, for players as some of these like season-ending injuries because this is an injury that just absolutely – I mean, you've seen it with MT, CMC. These are guys that got these right at the beginning of the season and have yet to come back. I mean uh, – CMC may be returning this week, as we'll get into in a few minutes. But uh, I, I really just—it's it, a tough injury, man. Uh, any of these uh, you want to talk about, Roman? Um, obviously, OBJ getting out uh, for the year is going to impact them quite a bit, and especially for OBJ and his just his career in general. This could be pretty altering in terms of where he moves on from this. He might not even come back to Cleveland next season. It just kind of depends on what they want to do with him because there's just been so much drama with him. And although I thought it was starting to get a little better, it just kind of – this kind of ruins it all. But obviously they have more receivers that have to step up for Baker Mayfield, and their record is still going to be good, so I expect them to still compete. I mean, the Browns, I mean, they got off to a really good start uh, so far this year. It's kind of been a benefit of their schedule. I mean, the two really good teams they played, they've gotten absolutely destroyed by in the Ravens and the Steelers. And honestly, I think the best version of Baker Mayfield that we've seen was by far his rookie year when he didn't have OBJ. So I looked that maybe this 
injury might be a kind of a blessing in disguise for the Browns and Baker Mayfield. Maybe uh, we were talking about before we recorded Richard Higgins. Maybe he gets going here. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Michigan alum. Maybe he gets really going. Um, I don't know. I, I It definitely sucks, but I don't think it's as big a deal. Obviously, OBJ is a dynamic personality, one of the biggest names in the sport. But at least in terms of an actual football on the field perspective, I mean, OBJ, he had that one really good game. And other than that, he really hasn't been spectacular. Definitely better than last season, but nothing – amazing so far this year so i think the browns are going to be able to to withstand this and i i do like to point out roman as well i i agree with you i think this obj might not be back in the cleveland uniform next season yeah i mean uh with obj it's it's hard to call baker mayfield a better quarterback without obj because i still think he's a great receiver he's i think he's a top 10 in the talent at least or around there but uh you know, you you look at like kind of his personality. Same with Jarvis Landry. These are guys that really demand targets, and they get really frustrated if they're not getting the ball. So I think Baker kind of tried to has tried to force feed them. This is kind of narrative street here, but I think he's kind of trying to force feed them the last couple of years. He's trying to keep them happy rather than trying to find the open receiver. I think he really saw it last week. I know it's the Bengals. I know it's not a crazy matchup, but I mean, he was what twenty two for twenty three. His only incompletion was a spike. And this was after he started off zero for five. But he also threw for five touchdowns, and it was easily the best game he's played in, in rookie year. So I mean, I I get it; it's narrative street for sure. But I mean, there's a there's a possibility that he is actually better without OBJ in terms of just a, a presence. It's tough to say with the dynamicness of OBJ being off the field, but I guess we'll kind of see. I mean, you you replace OBJ with a better version in DPJ from Michigan. So I mean, it's clearly the better of the two. So I, uh, I mean, he he's got to step up. But uh, we have also got some guys returning from injury. We didn't have enough room to fit it on here, but uh, a lot of running backs potentially returning from injury. Aaron Jones, the minor injury was kind of a surprise that he missed last week. Um, also, Joe Mixon and Miles Sanders, uh, they're both on my team. So this is I, I need them back soon. But uh, uh, Mixon with the midfoot sprain, I kind of expect him to miss because they have the bye. Same with Miles Sanders uh, with the knee injury. It wasn't that bad, but both guys have the bye coming up. Dalvin Cook, I expect to see him back this week against Green Bay in a huge matchup, basically the season for Minnesota. They need to win this one. Uh, also, Jalen Rager, Michael Pittman Jr., a couple of rookie receivers looking to make their return as well. John Brown, I've also seen that he's back at practice as well. So these are all – not really any defensive news that I've seen, but these are all kind of names I've seen returning for practice. Uh, Christian McCaffrey also back at practice too. This is the, the biggest one of the week. I mean, uh, he plays on Thursday night, uh, coming off the high ankle sprain against Atlanta. I think they can win without him personally, so I don't expect him to play, but I wouldn't be stunned to see him back there. But uh, I guess we'll kind of jump into the next thing. We got some uh, some trade news, a couple defensive ends moving around around the NFC North. So the Vikings, after trading for Yannick Ngakwe, uh, they decided to ship him off to Baltimore for less than they paid for him. So an interesting trade there. But, I mean, this is a team that really doesn't seem like they're competing. Um, they're already down to Daniil Hunter. I don't really think Ngakwe was going to make them a playoff contender. So I think it's a fine move to get something back for him, I guess. And the Lions, this is this is easily the best move of Bob Quinn's tenure, man. Trading for Everson Griffin, man. That's a, a fantastic move. Gave up a conditional six-round pick, which is basically nothing. I don't care about a six-round pick. I would have given up a fourth for him because the, the guy's a great player. We we come in and get him on a rental at least, and I expect him to make an instant impact on this defense. I mean, I expect him, them to improve defensively, and this is the first time. I, I mean, I know I've been really anti-Lions all year. 
all your slandering the Lions. They're three and three now after a nice win against Atlanta. They got a soft schedule coming up. Besides maybe this week, I think this is a tougher matchup. But uh, this easily makes their defense and pass rush a lot better. This is the absolute best, one of the best moves I've seen in the NFL in the last few years. I can't say enough how impressive I, how impressed I was that the Lions would trade for a non-Patriots impact player. It's it's insane to me. Um, Roman, I'd like to get your take on this as the fellow Lions homer. I would love to hear about Everson Griffin here. Yeah, well, well, first of all, it was very unclear whether the Lions would actually be buying or selling at the deadline. We didn't really figure out uh, who was on the block, I guess. We'll get into that a little later. But um, obviously, there were some names being thrown on with Griffin and Quillen Williams and even Carlos Dunlap that came out this morning. Um, but obviously, getting Griffin is a huge add to the defense. And it kind of resembles that uh, Damian Snacks trade that we made a few years ago, only giving up a, a, a mid-round pick so this is very similar but i think griffin is also a better player um than snacks was at the time and he's going to be really hungry for sure yeah i agree with that i agree as well i think uh i think the lions have established themselves as the third best team at least in the nfc north with both these moves uh with the vikings getting a lot worse with by losing ngakwe who i honestly think is maybe a bit overrated a little bit but maybe that's just my personal opinion um because, I mean, that was a huge deal when he came over there. And we really – I mean, I know the Vikings have been bad, but we really just haven't heard a lot about him um, in Minnesota. And that was a huge move, I remember, right before the season started. Um, and I think the Lions – I mean, also we saw with the Bears this week against the Rams or last week against the Rams. Um, they don't look great either. So I think that there's a legit – and I know I've said this thousands of times, but there's a legitimate roadmap where the Lions are the second-best team in the NFC North, especially, as you mentioned, Chris, with their soft schedule and making this move – um, it's a tough week this week, but even if they lose this game, um, which spoiler alert, I think they probably will. Um, they they can still easily sneak into the playoffs at nine and seven, even 10 and six. I mean, that's, that's not out of reach by any means. Um, especially, I know they kind of f- literally fell into a win, um, this past weekend with Gurley falling into the end zone. Um, but they did look good. And I know the defense has looked really good here these last yeah. few weeks. Uh, and Matt Patricia, these might be his two best coach games uh, in his tenure as a, as a Detroit Lions coach. So um, he, he, I still think he's a bad coach, but he actually definitely deserves some credit for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, like it, it's, I know I trashed the Lions and him a lot, and this isn't even as an actual fan. I, I objectively think he's a bad coach. You have to give him credit where it's due. I mean, he's turned a one and three team that seemed absolutely hopeless before the bye to a three and three record, they make this move. They actually look like at least a playoff contender. That's what you have to call them at this point right now. They're a, they're a team that can compete. I mean, they have a franchise quarterback. Their defense has looked insanely improved after the bye. They've been playing a lot more zone coverage and stop going man with rushing three. That just doesn't work. I mean, they're going to get four-man pressure now with uh, the collection of Trey Flowers and Everson Griffin. But uh, Yeah, well, I, I just want to jump in there really quickly and just say that this might not be the only trade the Lions even make in the next couple of days. Obviously, the trade deadline is next Tuesday, but due to the protocols for COVID, if you want your player to play in Week 9, you got to trade for them within the next couple of days. So we might see some more trades um, with the Lions, but by next episode, at least we should have a full breakdown of the trade deadline. Um, yeah, as, I'm, I'm very excited for it. But we do have breaking news yet again. Second breaking news of the episode. This is a trade, though. Uh, Bengals have traded defensive end and clearly wanted out for a very long time. Carlos Dunlap to the Seattle Seahawks. That's a good move for the Seahawks. I don't oh, yeah. Draft compensation probably going to be very similar to what Everson Griffin costed. 
But uh, that's a big move for the Seahawks. I mean, they need a pass rusher. They got one. Uh, and I think he's still got some juice left. So, I mean, that's, I think that's a good move for sure. Yeah. Uh, they were also, I want to add real quick, they were in the Everson Griffin sweepstakes too and missed out on them. So it's not surprising the Cowboy or uh, they make that move. Make, yeah. For the Seahawks make that move. Right. right. Um, we'll jump into a couple signings before we talk about some some guys that maybe I, I don't expect it, but possibly could be moved at the deadline as well. Uh, I mean, Antonio Brown signs with Tampa Bay. Uh, clearly a big move. Uh, the rich get richer on offense. Tom Brady has a full arsenal of weapons. And I think this was a good move because, I mean, you you look at Godwin, you look at Evans. Both guys have been banged up throughout the season so far. I mean, even their running back court has been banged up. This just helps give them a little bit of insurance. But I think it's even more than that. I think Antonio Brown steps into a big role right away. I think he's going to be an impact player for this team. And if you have anyone in fantasy football, I mean, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be very murky for the next couple of weeks until we find out what his actual role is on the team. But uh, also we got Des Bryant to the, to the Ravens practice squad. I mean, it, it's good to see him back in the league, especially after the injury with the Saints after he signed there. Um, I don't really expect a whole lot to come out of this, but I, I hope he makes the team. I mean, you never know. I mean, if he gets on the roster, he he was formerly a very good receiver, so you never know. Um, what's uh, what's your reaction on the AB news, Drew? With AB, I mean, I think it just as you said, it's the rich just get richer, right? And I don't I don't agree with Antonio Brown what he does off the field, or at least what he's accused of doing off the field. Um, even Bruce Arians said as such, um, said as much. I mean, and basically said if it comes out that he is guilty of what he's accused of, which is domestic violence, um, that he's going to be cut immediately. So there's still some murkiness there. Um, but in terms of strictly a football perspective and assuming that he's found um, innocent in those accusations, um, I think he's that it just Tampa might have the best offense in the league, and that is including Kansas City maybe. I mean, I know Kansas City just got Le'Veon Bell, but you look at Tampa Bay, they got Fournette and Jones out of the backfield, two really good running backs. Gronkowski's had two monster weeks here back-to-back, and then they, you have a receiving core that's just full of all pro guys, Antonio Br- It's like a fantasy team when you're trading with someone that has no idea what their what NFL is a couple years ago, and you somehow end up with Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans on your team. I mean, that's nuts, and they're doing that in real life. So, um like I said, there's still some murkiness there with AB, but assuming he actually plays, um, I think it's going to be a really good football product for sure, especially with a guy like Tom Brady at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I, I have no idea what this means in terms of fantasy at least, but all I know is that Brady's going to have the most weapons he's had in a very long time. And although AB has to finish out his, uh, his suspension, which is like one or two weeks, um, he should be very much involved in this offense. And obviously Tom Brady had a hand in bringing him here even when Arian said at the beginning of the season that he didn't want him and now he's on the team. So I think obviously it's a good piece to have, but um, there's definitely some um, other issues to work out first. Yep. Definitely on that. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, some, some trade rumors. Uh, I, I know we were kind of talking about whether we should include this one in the, uh, in the beginning of the episode, but Stefan Gilmore, I just saw some, a couple things about Bill Belichick, not knowing, not knowing anything about him getting traded or not, but I think that's a potential guy to get moved at the deadline to a team that needs a corner for sure. That's a guy I could see getting moved. Uh, but also we got Michael Thomas. I've seen some rumors about him. I don't expect him to get traded, but I actually, I cannot stand him. So, I mean, I don't really like, I would be trying to get him out too. He's, he's very frustrating to, he's just frustrating to listen to. I think he whines a lot more than a lot of other players. I'm not really a big fan of him. So I, if this was my team, I would want him out personally. I think he's a little bit overrated too. So, but uh, Adam Thielen, I think this one has some merit. I mean, this is a team that's not competing Justin Jefferson looks like the real deal. 
I don't really think they need Thielen that much. Maybe to free up a little cap space, they can they can draft a receiver or something like that. It kind of depends on what they're getting back, but I could absolutely see him getting traded. I saw maybe the Browns would be a potential destination. That's interesting. But uh, there's more than one team that needs a receiver for sure. So this is uh, I mean the heck the Bucks might be in the sweepstakes to be honest. Why not line up in 17 wide receiver sets? Yeah, I mean they got the weapons to do it. So. Uh, that's an interesting one. And then maybe a little bit more of a cheaper option. Another guy that I could potentially see going to the Browns, uh, Marvin Jones. I think this is an interesting guy for the Lions to trade away because even I get it, that maybe they make the Everson Griffin move. Looks like they're competing, but I really don't think Marvin Jones has been all that special this year. And I think they can move him and still compete and get like a, a, a pick of some sort. I mean, you could see maybe the Eagles going after him, the Browns, uh, a team like that. And this is still a guy that I think has some talent. He just hasn't really done much in Detroit this year. And they're a team that wants to run the football as well. They've made that pretty clear so far this year. So uh, a guy that I could see getting moved. Uh, what do you think, Roman, do you think any of these guys are going to get moved? If so, what team would you like to see one of them do? I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Marvin Jones got traded. I, I understand your points completely. Um, other, another team that you didn't mention was the Patriots. I, I've heard connected with Tim as well. Um, so if we trade him to either of those teams, I, I wouldn't be totally upset because I think unlike the Golden Tate trade from a few years ago, um, Jones is actually going to go a little bit downhill. We don't have him under contract. He's a bit old. So if we can get whatever we can out of him, that's fine. It, it, I don't know what kind of message that sends to the team considering we just traded for Griffin. And I do think we're in a good position to maybe compete more than we did before the Griffin trade, but it's just really kind of confusing at the moment, but we'll know for sure what uh, the Lions' intentions are with Jones soon. I'm probably fine either way, um, kind of like you, Roman. Um, I'd probably prefer they trade him just because, like, kind of like Chris mentioned, his his, his um, value is only going to go down from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really has. I know he had a decent game last week, but he really hasn't had that great of a season at all. Um, but at the same time, he is still a quality secondary receiver. If they do trade him, I'd like maybe to get like a buy low candidate. Uh, maybe Nikhil Harry. You mentioned the Patriots. Maybe yeah. they just they just get Nikhil Harry. Um, That's yeah, something like that. Um, the Browns, maybe a DPJ, bring him home to Michigan. I don't know. I don't think they're going to move off of him already. But even Rashard Higgins, I mean, that's not a – I know Chris, you're kind of out on him, but he's not an awful player. Um, something right. like that. I prefer if they do trade him to get some sort of player that's maybe a little bit younger, maybe has some upside, um, rather than just outright trading him for a pick, because that really doesn't help. That kind of, as you guys said, it kind of sends a conflicting message, um, and it's right. not going to help them make the playoffs. I do want to focus a little bit, a little bit more though on Adam Thielen because I think him to the Browns just makes too much sense. Um, he obviously is familiar with Stefanski because Stefanski was in Minnesota. Um, I would just love him to be in Cleveland. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Cleveland's one of my favorite teams in the league. Um, I would love having him on the Cleveland Browns. I think it helps them not just for this season, but I think they maybe could retain him too and uh, for future years as well. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, I think I think they will move on from OBJ, so there clearly needs to be another receiver there in town. And Thielen, I get that Jarvis Landry is, is normally a slot receiver. Thielen's more of an all-around weapon. I think this is a great receiver a guy that can play on the outside. He, he's very, very versatile, and obviously he's having great production this year. He's a great red zone receiver as well. And I I get that he's in the, in the division. I get that he's on a team we don't like. But this is a guy that uh, he comes from nothing pretty much. This is a guy that wasn't expected to make an NFL roster, really. He was uh, a low draft capital player, went to a small school, and here he is now being one of the better receivers in the league. I, I, I think that's really impressive. But uh, – I guess the last news we have to talk about here is some is some quarterback controversies, and these are definitely teams that could very well be in Chris's QB camp. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, New England Patriots, and Chicago Bears. I mean, 
you look at Gardner Minshew, I personally don't expect them to – I expect him to play out the rest of the season. But you've seen some rumors on if he doesn't start playing better, Mike Glenn's going to see the field. And, I mean, it, I mean, they're on bye right now. It would make sense for them to move on from him during the bye, I guess. But I, I expect him to play out the rest of the year. We'll see on that one. The New England Patriots is a little bit more interesting for me because Cam Newton has looked downright pathetic the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's made – He's made me look like an all-pro quarterback the last couple of weeks as a, as a pocket passer. Okay, all right. But uh, he's been abs- – I mean, he has five interceptions the last two weeks. Uh, he's, I think he's thrown for a, two, a total of 240 yards or something like that. It's, it's absolutely pathetic. Uh, he needs to step up sooner. He's going to get his job replaced by even worse quarterbacks than Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer. These are just – Man, it looks like the Patriots are done, man. I, I think they need to move on. And I, this, I, I mean, I know Cam Newton got off to a good start this year, but you're really seeing that this is why teams were hesitant to make a move because he just doesn't look like he's got it as a passer anymore. But uh, also, I mean, I think Nick Foles, it, it's basically the same thing. I think he's played absolutely horrible since he's gotten to the starting lineup. I mean, I get the record's pretty good right now, but like – Roman often says this is a fraudulent five and two team. I mean, they proved it more to me than I, I'm more leaning towards what you're saying. After watching them play against the Rams, they look he looked downright pathetic. It's basically just a two step drop and just chuck it to Darnell Moody and miss him on a deep route every single time. It, it's it's definition of insanity. I think they should go back to Trubisky. At least get someone that can move out of the pocket. Man, it just doesn't make any sense. But uh, Drew, what's your opinion on on any of those three quarterback rooms? Well, with the Jags, I come, I'm kind of with you. Um, I mean, why would you put Mike Lennon in there unless you really want to lose and you're crossing your fingers the Jets sneak out a win so the Jags maybe get a shot at Trevor Lawrence? Who knows? Um, but I think they're probably more likely probably going to draft Fields in the upcoming draft. They're, they're going to have a top five pick easily. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. At least Minshew, the Jags let fans in their stadium. At least Minshew fills some seats because he's exciting and he's a fun personality. Mike Lennon, no thanks. With the Pats and the Bears, though, um, how about they just trade? How about they just make a trade together? How about the the Bears send Foles to the Pats, the Pats send Cam Newton to the Bears, and we just see what happens here? Because, uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, I know the Bears are rumored to be um, going after Cam this past offseason, but didn't want to ruin uh, Mitch Trubisky's confidence. So instead they traded for Nick Foles, which still doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so why not try it out? I, I really I don't like Matt, Matt Nagy as a coach, though. I'm going to be quite frank. Um, I, yeah, I know I a couple years ago, I think he was coach of the year. Everybody was like, it's it's Mike Ditka, and then it's Matt Nagy, like right, right there in terms of Chicago coaches. And I, with Matt Nagy, I mean, he just seems lost out there. Um, and, I, and Foles, we've seen in the past, he is a successful quarterback, and uh, he's at least average, and he just does not look good at all. So um, I'd be interested to see the Bears and other team maybe get, go after Ryan Fitzpatrick too, maybe get some fixed magic in there, make things exciting. Um, who knows? But uh, Roman, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, just to start off with Nagy, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, he got fired at the end of the year. I know that that first year was all glamour due to the Mac trade, but it's all been downhill from there. Yeah. And in terms of their quarterback situation, I think, like I said a couple weeks ago, I was the first one to say it, that going to Foles was uh, too early. It wasn't going to help him. He's more of a down-the-stretch yeah. kind of guy. Going to Trubisky isn't going to really do much. Of, like It might be a little bit more mobile in the pocket, obviously, as you said, Chris, but like in terms of the playoffs, like it just kind of who knows what it's going to happen. And um, they're going to have, they have a good record, but it can all go downhill. They have a, a really hard schedule coming yeah. up. So you want, you might as well have Trubisky in first the hard teams because Foles isn't going to do anything. It makes Nagy look really foolish though. If, if like he's just going back and forth, like maybe they just do a quarterback 
per uh, per drive. They just kind of swap <laughs> them out. Just if they want a more mobile guy, they throw Trubisky. If they want a more pocket guy, they throw Foles in there. Who knows? They just want a trash quarterback. They put them both in at the same time. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're both absolutely terrible quarterbacks that shouldn't be starting in this league. Personally, I'd rather watch Mitchell Trubisky in there because at least he's entertaining to watch. I think Nick Foles is absolutely horrible. This guy sucks, man. He just he has, he's, he's a statue in there. He he's literally planted inside the pocket. This guy cannot move. And then you watch his. I mean, you watch his deep ball. Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller get wide open on every single play, and he continues to miss them. I just am. I'm so done with this guy. I think he's terrible. Allen Robinson should get traded. He deserves better. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I mean, he's had just Blake Bortles, and then he upgraded to Trubisky and uh, Falls. I mean, that's just awful uh, career management on his part, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a freaking – it's just a joke, absolute joke. But uh, any any other news for us today? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we can jump into the pick them here. Um, so we're starting off here with the Thursday night game between the Falcons and the Panthers. Uh, both teams coming off losses. The Falcons are an absolute dumpster fire. Um, the Panthers almost upset the Saints there. Look pretty impressive. Uh, but Roman, who do you have? It's it's certainly an interesting matchup for, for sure, but I'm going to go a little bit off the board. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, actually, because there's no way the Jets win that game and they'll be a 30-point blowout for sure. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, threw us a little curveball here, but yeah, I guess we're talking about that game first because it's it's pointless. Let's just get it on there. The Chiefs, I yeah. mean, five points. I that's a little low for me, man. I think they're gonna win this game by seventy five. I mean, <laughs> that's are so bad. Le'Veon Bell revenge game. It, it's over. That game's there's no point to even play this game this week. Yeah, I, it's. I'm glad you got out of the way, Roman, because uh, it's very rare that we see the worst team in the league play arguably the best team in the league. So we get that the classic one sixteen matchup for March Madness in an NFL season. Um, it's, it's it's really interesting. Um, as a Tyreek Hill uh, fantasy owner, I'm really excited for this game. Um, but yeah, anyway, Roman, let's get back on script here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Who you got, Falcons or Panthers? Um, last time these two teams uh, played, I picked the Falcons and. That was a close game, but I obviously didn't get that pick right. And who knows if McCaffrey will be back. Um, I expect him to not be back. And I'm actually going with Atlanta just because I think they have more weapons. And coming off a brutal loss last week to Detroit, they obviously need another win. And I think they have something good going under with Raheem, most, uh, Raheem Morris, actually, their interim head coach. And I think they can get a win out here. I mean, uh, hopefully they don't need Todd Gurley to, you know, stumble before the end zone again because he clearly cannot do that. I mean, this guy finds the end zone on a regular basis, including when he doesn't want to. But uh, He's just a beast. I mean, Carolina, uh, they've been playing well. I, I mean, they beat them last time. They're at home. Uh, I expect them to win yet again. Carolina, I'm going for the win here. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I am right there with you, Chris. Um, I think this Panthers team, um, I we talk about it every week. We were talking about them being one of the worst teams in the league, and they just look really, really good um, game in and game out, almost beat the Saints. I think they've kind of outplayed the Saints in large part, most parts of that game on Sunday. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater looks really, really good. DJ Moore is going now. Robbie Anderson, um, even Mike Davis. He's a solid running back out of the backfield. And I think when CMC comes back, um, this might be a borderline playoff team for sure. I think they could make some noise and maybe uh, sneak up, up and sneak up on some teams uh, down the stretch like they have all season long. But jumping to the next game, uh, we've talked about them at great length 
in this video, so I'm not going to go too in-depth. The Lions improved to 3-3 three and three, um, in the playoff hunt. Um, they're taking on an Indianapolis Colts team that's coming off the bye after a, a few disappointing games. Haven't looked like the Super Bowl contender that Chris and I thought they were headed into the season. But, Roman, since you are a resident Lions fan, how would you start us off on this one as well? Yes, obviously we kind of mentioned Detroit won't be having uh, Everson Griffin this game, but they might be getting back Trufant and Coleman, which would be very much helpful to them. And they play an indie team off the bye, a Philip Rivers-led offense, who I have not been impressed with at all. I think the offense that Philip Rivers came with last season with uh, the Chargers is actually better than the Colts right now. Um, obviously their defense is carrying their uh, their team right now. Um, I'm going to go with Detroit just because they have their home, they're back home, and they have a two-game win streak and they have momentum on their side. Yeah, I actually do think this is going to be a good game and might be the last time I pick against the Lions for a while because I think that they have a soft schedule after this game. I'm going to go with the Colts in this one, though. I think coming off the bye, maybe with Michael Pittman Jr. back on the offense, opens things up a little bit. But I do think the Lions have a very good chance of winning this game as well. So this is actually a pretty tough call. I don't have too much to add. Um, I 100% agree with you, Chris, Um, for all the same reasons you mentioned. I think I'm going to pick the Lions here for – a lot of weeks coming here, uh, coming forward, unless uh, like a major injury happens or something like that. But uh, I think this is a tough game. Colts coming off the bye. They are still a good team. It wouldn't surprise me if they put up some points. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Colts ultimately come out victorious. Uh, next up, we have two kind of dumpster fires at the moment. The Bills look like Josh Allen like an MVP. The Bills look like a legit Super Bowl contender through the first four weeks. And these last weeks, they have not looked good. Of course, they won. They beat the Jets. That, that doesn't. That's basically like an extra bye week. Um, and they did not really look convincing in that victory this past week. Uh, and the Patriots, we already mentioned it with Cam Newton, has just struggled um, coming off a tough loss as well against San Francisco. So, Chris, start us off. You have the Pats or the Bills. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. Uh, I mean, with the way the Patriots have looked lately, it's just been absolutely horrendous. I know the Bills haven't been that special. I thought they looked good last week. They just struggled to get into the end zone. I mean, they it was kind of close with the Jets, but it really shouldn't have been that close. If they find the end zone once or twice, that's get games a lot different of a story. But I'm going to take them this ma- matchup just because how bad Cam Newton's looked lately. I don't expect it to get that much better in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. last week when we were talking about the playoffs, I said, oh, watch out for New England. They're definitely going to compete, and then they get blown up by the Niners, which obviously does not look good for me or Cam Newton. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to go with Buffalo just because they have a better team at the moment, and I think their only their issue last week was penalties, really. They were driving quite well, and then penalties just killed their drives, but I think they'll be better this week. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm decked out my Patriots stuff right now, but I think the Bills win this game. If the Patriots really – I mean, this is – I don't know. I mean, you feel like – in the past, this is a game the Patriots would win. Like, you don't think they're going to win it, and then they just squeak it out. The Bills are, are not looking good. It would not surprise me if they beat the Bills, considering the Patriots just seem like they always have the Bills number. However, um, I think if the Bills win this game, I think it's official that the, the New England dynasty, at least for this season, is officially done. But Yeah, these, oh. these, these are the type of games where you – or the loss of Tom Brady will really affect them for sure. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. Um, next up, we get to probably the game of the week in the Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, Mike Tomlin said he likes having the game of the week every week because he had a, the big game against the Titans last week, played the Browns two weeks ago. They have another huge game of the week here against probably the two best teams in the AFC North um, in the Steelers and the Ravens, maybe two of the top three teams in the entire AFC if we're really uh, being honest with ourselves. Uh, coming off, uh, the Ravens coming off the bye, Steelers coming off a win against the Titans, as I mentioned before. Um, but Roman, uh, who you have in this matchup? This is this is really tough. I didn't even pick before we started. I'm gonna pick this right now, and uh, I think when you look at the Steelers last week, they almost lost to uh, Tennessee. Obviously, uh, 
they missed a field goal to go in the overtime, which it kind of snuck out with a win there. I guess I'm going to pick Baltimore just because they're off a bye, they're healthy, and they're, they've been preparing for this for longer, so I'm going to go with them. Ah, man, I'm very upset that you had the first pick here because I also am going to pick Baltimore. I thought I was going to be the only one to pick Baltimore because I think uh, while Pittsburgh is – a very good team. Both these teams, I mean, they're undefeated. Baltimore's only got one loss. It was to the Chiefs, but uh, they're coming off the bye. They're looking to, I mean, this is basically their first huge game since the embarrassment of the Kansas City Chiefs game. So I think they come out, they come out firing early. I think Ben, his turnovers last week almost cost them. And I think against Baltimore, if he has similar luck, I think to a better team than Tennessee, in my opinion, I think he would lose. So uh, uh, I'm taking Baltimore. I think, I think Ben make some mistakes. Wow. And this sucks. <laughs> We're all picking Baltimore. Yeah, I, it was tough, but ultimately, I mean, I, I picked against the Steelers last week um, and I just don't see them staying undefeated. They have, I mean, I know they've looked really good, but at the same time, there are some kind of hiccups I'm seeing here and there, as you mentioned, Chris, especially with big Ben. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like the Ravens coming off the bye. I think they're going to win this game. Um, I kind of thought I would, I thought someone, at least somebody was going to pick Pittsburgh, but um, I guess it's going to end up being a wash. But it's still going to be an entertaining game to watch, even if it doesn't mean much for the pick em. Uh Next up, we got the Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals. Titans uh, put up a good fight against the Steelers, remain one of the best teams in the NFL, taking on a, a frisky Bengals team, which makes things interesting, but just doesn't win a whole lot. Um, I, th- I still think Joe Burrow is, is a really good player, though. Uh, so, Chris, um, you got the Titans or the Bengals in this one? Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans in this one, but I expect this to be a close game. Basically, like every other Cincinnati game has been this year, this is a team that, I mean, even last year when they were trashed, they still keep these games really close for some reason. I don't understand why, but they just continue to put up really good fights and not getting the job done. It just doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, I'll go with Tennessee in this one. Yeah, I I agree. Cincinnati, I mean, Burrow has been playing lights out the past couple of weeks, but um, Henry was – Somewhat contained, I guess you could say, versus the Pittsburgh defense. And I think he just tears one up this one, this week. I agree with everything. It's like the Bengals and the Chargers are kind of the two same teams. Like they just put up huge fights and probably should win a lot more games than they actually do, but always just come up short um, down the stretch. Um, I think it might be a coaching issue in both those instances, but we don't have to get into that right now. Uh, next up, we got the Raiders and the Browns. We already talked about Browns coming off a huge win despite. Um, losing OBJ for the season uh, and the Raiders who I believe are coming off a bye um, who are kind of frisky in the AFC uh, playoff hunt for sure. Um, but Roman, do you have the Raiders or the Browns in this one? I'm actually excited for this game. I think it'll be pretty high scoring. I'm going to go with Cleveland though, despite them losing OBJ Mayfield's been playing really solid the past couple of weeks. And uh, the Raiders, they had a tough matchup versus Tampa Bay last week and they, they competed for most of that game, and they have the weapons to win this week, but I think Cleveland edges it out. Yeah, um, I'm also going to go with Cleveland in this one. Uh, the Raiders did have a game last week against Tampa Bay in which they looked really bad. So, oh, yeah, uh, that's why I forgot about it. Whoops. I'm going to take the Browns in this one just because I expect them to be able to run the ball on the, on the Raiders, and the Raiders really have not looked good since in, uh, that – impressive Saints victory since then it's been rough sledding so I'm gonna take Cleveland I agree I'm a big Baker believer that he's better without OBJ as the stats would suggest um, so I think they're gonna have a, a really nice game against a young uh, not very good Raiders defense um, this is this though 
Raiders could put up some points, though, and this could be another kind of game of the week behind that Ravens-Steelers tilt. Um, but next up, we got the Vikings and the Packers. Uh, the Vikings uh, continue to stink. Let's just be real. Um, they traded off away their pieces. They don't look good. Um, the Packers had a huge bounce-back game last week. Uh, Dalvin Cook, though, might return um, for the Vikings uh, as they come off the bye from last week. So um, it could be an interesting matchup. These two teams met in week one, and the Packers absolutely destroyed them. Uh, so, Chris, do you think it's going to be the same thing, or do you think uh, the Vikings maybe sneak out an upset victory? I think Minnesota keeps it close. In this one, especially if they get Dalvin Cook back, they look a little bit better than they did in week one, but I expect their defense to give up points. I think I'm going to take Green Bay in this one in a close game. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, having Cook is beneficial for that offense, but Rodgers is still going to torch them. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Not a whole much, lot to add um, on my part. Um, I think uh, I think it's going to be closer, like you said, Chris. Um, the Vikings haven't – I know their record looks like they're awful, but they're not – off like they're not terrible um but the Ngakwe loss is gonna um hinder an even uh, already terrible defense so i, I think prior is gonna have another huge week like he did last week for sure um so we already talked about the jets chiefs don't need to talk about that again uh especially we got rams dolphins uh rams coming up off a win against the bears um which i should have picked them whenever i pick against the rams they always win for some reason and it really upsets me and the dolphins in tua's debut here somewhat controversial ryan fitzpatrick seems genuinely upset that he's not the starting quarterback anymore because this is his team the dolphins have been kind of sneaky good here so far so uh Chris, you got the Rams or the Dolphins in this order? Yeah, I'm not going to pick against the Rams. I have done it a lot this year, and they're 5-2, and two, so I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I think it could be an interesting game, especially with Tua playing. It's very wild card, a, a big-time wild card, I would say, I guess. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Rams. They looked good last week against the Bears. Yeah, regardless of whether they had Fitzpatrick or Tua, I'm going to pick the Rams regardless. Their defense was good uh, two nights ago. And they're going to step up this week as well. Yeah, the the Rams defense is a tough test for any quarterback, let alone a quarterback making his first start. I know two is good, and he's going to probably going to have a really long career, assuming uh, the injuries stay away. Um, but I think this is a really tough test for him in his opening night, opening start. And even if he doesn't look good good this week, which I tend to expect him to look, um, I think he's still going to have a really good. Uh, Good career and good probably overall rookie season. But uh, next up, we got two AFC West divisional foes and the Chargers and the Broncos. Uh, we already kind of talked about briefly the Chargers earlier, but they did get their first win last week. So congratulations to them and Justin Herbert. Um, but they, I mean, they've they've looked good and they they're definitely better than the record suggests. They just seem to fall apart in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Broncos got absolutely destroyed by the Kansas City Chiefs last week in the snow, despite the return of Drew Lock. Uh, so Roman, uh, do you like the Chargers' chances to get two wins in a row, or do you think the Broncos? bounce back after a disappointing defeat i like the charges in this one herbert has been very impressive being all the naysayers wrong i guess you could say he's been lights out and i, I think you know Den uh, denver kind of had a bad week against the chiefs last week uh, in the snow i'm not sure what the weather is going to be like for this game but um i expect herbert to edge it out regardless yeah i'm also taking the charges i'm pretty pretty chalk for me i mean I really don't think Denver's that great. Drew Locke has looked pretty bad. Uh, their weapons are banged up as well. Uh, I just I don't ex I don't think they're a very good team. They're going to be very into the market for drafting a quarterback this offseason. Man, we are just in lockstep here because I think the Chargers are also going to win this game. Um, I feel like there's some good games on the slate this week. They just have kind of a clear winner, and we're all kind of right. going with that clear winner. Um, right. and I agree. 
I think this game is very similar uh, with the Saints and the Bears. Bears already talked about it, coming off a hugely disappointing loss to the Rams, suggesting that maybe we, at least Roman and I, were correct in saying that the Bears are not as good as their record suggests. Um, and then the Saints um, coming off. They might get the return of Michael Thomas in this game. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But they are coming off a really good victory against the Carolina Panthers last week. So, uh, Chris, start us off here. Uh, you have the Saints or the Bears? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Saints were able to pull out a victory last week against the Panthers, but I wasn't re- overly impressed with their performance. I mean, they only won by three. Um, yeah, the Bears are probably a fraud, but I'm going to pick the Bears in this okay. match. <laughs> They're going to get the job done. I have just not been impressed with the New Orleans Saints this year, and I think the Bears have an opportunity to upset this game. I hate that me and Drew have picked every single game the exact same, and once he said that this was an easy victory – for the Saints, I knew I was going with Chicago. So I'm I gotta go different with you from some area. Try to try to get some ground on you. Maybe give us a chance to tie it up. But well, this could be an absolute mistake, but I'm gonna do it anyway. No, I understand what you're saying. I don't think this game will be close at all. And like you kind of said last week, Drew, if uh, Thomas doesn't punch any teammates, we could see him play this uh, this week. And I honestly think this is a sneaky game for the Bears to win. But I'm gonna go with the Saints just because I want to continue my my firm position that the Bears are frauds. Uh, although this is a game that they kind of sneak out, as we saw last a couple weeks ago with the Bears in Tampa. That could happen, possibly, but I don't want the Saints to win. Well, joke's on you, Chris, because when I said this was an easy one to pick, I actually had the Bears. I'm just kidding. No, um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be the Saints. I think they're going to win pretty convincingly. Um, the Bears, I picked them last week, and they showed me everything I need to know. They are frauds. They're not a real 5-2 and two team. Thank um, you. And I think they're worse than the Lions, um, quite frankly. So uh, we'll have to wait. They have a really good defense, and if they can get their quarterback situation figured out, they could be really good. Uh, but I don't think they get it figured out this week. I think the Saints take care of business, even though I do agree with you, Chris. They have not looked as good as many had hoped headed into the year uh next up we got probably one of the best rivalries in the nfl um in the niners and the seahawks two really big rivalry games this week with the san francisco seattle pittsburgh baltimore um but the niners even though they're ravaged by injuries still um they got most of their guys back uh, for the most part at least and they're looking kind of pretty good um, they're looking impressive. And then you got the Seahawks, who are suffered their uh, first loss of the season last week against the Cardinals. Um, their defense is just awful. Um, and obviously, um, acquiring Dunlap is, is going to help them out. Or whoever, who do they? Carlos Dunlap, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, was it Dunlap or Atkins? But yeah, getting him just a few out, few minutes ago, um, that's really going to help them out. But he's not going to be playing in this game. Offense, though, still really, really good. Um, so, uh, how about Roman? You start us off here. Do you have the Niners or the Seahawks? Yeah, you kind of you kind of mentioned it pretty well that the Niners have really overcome their injuries, but they also have a few more that were just added to this week. They're going to be without Debo, they're going to be without um, Jeff Wilson, and to me, that's going to be the that's the turning point in this game. I'm going to go with Seattle, who can put up points consistently, and I don't think San Francisco can put up 33 a game per week. Yeah, I mean this division is just such an absolute slugfest. I mean, I really think the 49ers need to win this game. To stay kind of in in the division race, but I don't think they're going to get it done. I think it's going to be a good game, but I expect Seattle to come out victorious. Uh, they're probably not very happy after coming off the bye and losing to Arizona in such unceremonious fashion. The game that I expect, I really thought they should have won, but uh, it, I think they come out and, and get the job done in this one. Yeah, I've picked against the Niners the last couple weeks, and I've looked like a moron, but I'm going to do it again, and I might look like a moron again, but who knows. Um, I just kind of I agree that the Seahawks are going to be motivated and irritated that they, that they let that one slip away in a very winnable game last against Arizona. I think they 
they re- it's a get-right game for the Seahawks here against the Niners. Um, but next up, we just have a brutal primetime slate for Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football this week. I mean, these two games I could not care less about, but we, we'll talk about them anyway. Cowboys, Eagles, still unsure who the starting quarterback for the Cowboys will be this week. Um, hopefully Dalton can return from his pretty brutal, like, just bad hit against him. Uh, that was that was pretty weak, in my opinion. But he's still injured. Um, hopefully he comes back. And the Eagles, they beat the Giants, I guess. Uh, you know, that was a pretty ugly Thursday night football game. But, uh, Roman, how would you start us off? Uh, Cowboys or Eagles in this NFC East uh, dumpster fire? Yeah, I think that Dalton will sit out this game. But I think, regardless, um, it'll be a close game. Uh, Philadelphia obviously has a better defense, and they had a good win against the Giants although I did pick against them, and the Giants should have won. I'm going to go with Philly this game, and I think they're going to win very convincingly, um, just proving why that you know the McCarthy hire was not a good hire and why the culture is just really bad in that place. Yeah, uh, I mean, Dallas is just such a dumpster fire. I, I actually am kind of excited for this game just because I want to watch Philly. I, Philly's one of my favorite teams in the league. I just – I think Carson Wentz has proven why he's still a really good quarterback. I mean, he's playing with literally nothing around him. But I'm going to take Philly in this one. Uh, I expect their offense to basically have their will, uh, have their way with Dallas in, in a blowout victory. I, I think uh, I think it'll be close actually, um, just because it seems like Philly, like we saw last week. I mean, they had no that game should not have been close. I mean, the first half, uh, what Wentz threw the interception in the end zone, missed field goal. I mean, they just they they easily could have been. They, they didn't have to pull off the amazing upset or comeback, I mean, over the Giants. They easily could have dominated that game. I just feel like the Eagles, they, they're they're uh, they're unable to just dominate a game. So I think it's going to be a close game, but ultimately the Eagles are going to win. Uh, the final game on the matchup, this is probably the easiest pick to make, uh, maybe just behind Chiefs-Jets, in my opinion. Uh, I think the Bucks look like maybe one of the best teams in the NFL. I mentioned it earlier. And the Giants, who looked impressive for the most part, aside from Daniel Jones tripping on his own feet um, last week against the Eagles. Should have won that game, as Roman said. Um, I think this is going to be probably a dominating victory. But Chris, you surprised me with. Uh, I'm not even done talking yet. You already put the Buccaneers in there, so I, it's it's an easy pick, easy pick for for all of us. I think. Yeah, this is a game that I have no interest in watching. I probably will still watch it because it's football. But I just Daniel <laughs> Jones is so horrible at football. This guy stinks. This offense stinks. This defense stinks. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to beat them easily. I would expect to see plenty of Tampa Bay second stringers in the game for this one yeah this is this is why they're truly contenders because they're gonna beat up on teams like this this is this is called beating up on the week right here uh it's it's gonna be it's gonna get ugly fast same with the kansas city chiefs i I didn't think jones looked awful last week aside from the trip he looked better in the second half i thought he looked good in the second half and they would have won that game if evan ingram didn't have bricks for hands let's just be real that's very true very true drop them drop them on your teams Uh, well, speaking of dropping Evan Ingram, uh, it's time to jump into the fantasy faves of the week. I don't know who started off last week, but uh, Roman, you started us off with the pick. So, Chris, how would you take us with the uh, your first fantasy pick of the week? Yeah, I'll go ahead with my first start of the week this week. Uh, it's Carson Wentz against Dallas. I expect him to just absolutely go crazy. I pick Carson Wentz all the time when I do fantasy articles. I feel like he's always a guy that I'm talking about, whether or not it's, I want to start him or I don't want to start him. This is a matchup I absolutely do want to start him in. I don't care who's on the field for the Eagles. I don't care who plays. I don't care who sits. I mean, maybe he has Miles Sanders back. Maybe he has Jalen Rager back. 
I mean, maybe he has Goddard back. Any of those guys will help him out. But even with the bare bones weapons he's got right now, all he needs is Travis Fulgham right now. I mean, this guy's a monster. Uh, Wentz uh, against a terrible defense. I just expect him to absolutely go crazy against them. He's running the ball a lot. He could easily get a rushing touchdown in this one as well. I expect three total touchdowns for him and over 250 yards in, in a victory. So uh, a good pick for me there. Yeah, we haven't been picking quarterbacks a whole lot during these, this segment, but I think that's a great pick for you. I think um, there's plenty of points to be had there, um, especially if they don't have Sanders because they're probably going to throw the ball more. But regardless, um, he had a good game last week, and I think he can improve upon that. Yeah, not too much to add. Uh, Wentz, is, he's looked a lot better after he was an absolutely atrocious right. first few weeks. Um, and I think the Cowboys, I mean, who knows who's even going to be on that defense. They might trade most of the pieces. Um by uh, by the time they play on Sunday, so we'll have to wait and see there. But Roman, who's your pick for the week? I'm gonna go running back Darrell Henderson on the Rams. Obviously, we've seen the last couple of weeks that Acres has just not been a part of this offense, and they've had to use Malcolm Brown a little bit. But I expect uh, Henderson to have a couple touchdowns this week against the Dolphins team, who may turn the ball over quite a bit, considering um, Tua. But we'll have to see about that. But anyways, I, I think Henderson is a good start. Yeah, this was a guy I absolutely considered for my start of the week as well. Uh, a very good matchup for him in this one. I'm just a little bit worried about kind of his snap share with Malcolm Brown. I mean, they've been kind of basically on a 50-50 timeshare lately. It just kind of depends on if Daryl Henderson's on the field at the right time for the touchdown. So I don't expect him to score two touchdowns in this one, but he's a very playable option, especially with the bye week landscape. I mean, no, no, Kent, no Arizona running backs, no Antonio Gibson. David Johnson or James Robinson. He's a perfect bye week fill-in and a guy that has some plenty of upside. Yeah, I think Henderson, yeah, I've been trying to trade for him in my leagues uh, to kind of get as a running back because I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, it's a little wor worrisome there because of the Malcolm Brown because he's still going to steal some touches, but at the same time, um, a lot the Rams have like one of, if not the best, running rushing attack in the NFL. Um, so regardless of if he loses some touches, they're still gonna run the ball a ton. And Henderson's gonna be a good fantasy option. Uh, for my pick, uh, my first pick at least, uh, we're going out to Carolina for Thursday night. It's gonna be Robbie Anderson against the Falcons. Um, I feel like I just pick against the Falcons every week. Uh, that's because their defense is awful. And uh, if they do end up trading some pieces, it could be even worse. Um, and I think Robbie Anderson, he got off to a really good start. He's still been pretty good, one of the best receivers in fantasy, which is kind of surprising. But I think he has a monster week this week um, on Thursday Night Football in primetime. I absolutely hope you're wrong because I'm playing against him on Thursday Night Football. So I am not very excited for it. But, yeah, I agree. He's uh, at least a wide receiver, too, in this matchup with plenty of upside. Uh, I expect him to at least go over the 100 century mark for the for the game i expect him to have a pretty solid game i th i think on paper this is a good matchup although last week we kind of thought all the detroit wide receivers would have a good game against atlanta that didn't necessarily pan out for every one of them although uh carolina has the opportunity to air the ball out more against uh the falcons i think uh anderson should be in line for some um work for sure yeah, I'll jump into my next pick, um, and I really wanted to pick T. Higgins because he was stolen away from me last week because he's got another good matchup against the Titans, um, and he was pretty good last week. He had 18 fantasy points in PPR, which is pretty good, but uh, I decided against it, and I'm going to go back to Carolina for DJ Moore against the Falcons, who I think is going to be um, another good receiver. Um, I, I personally have him started in my fantasy lineup. Um, he got off to a pretty slow start, but he's had two really solid weeks, especially last week. He exploded for, I think, 24-plus points in PPR. Um, and I just – I 
don't like this Falcons defense at all. And I think uh, starting more and Anderson, there's going to be plenty, plenty of uh, action to go around. Um, even though, as Roman mentioned, there's some concern there because of um, it wasn't as good for the Lions offense as we kind of hoped last week. Yeah. Um, with, with more, he hasn't been getting a crazy amount of target share. I mean, last week he only had, I believe five or six targets, but he's at exactly 93 yards in three straight games. He's finally getting in the end zone a little bit. So a guy that I'm fine starting as a wide receiver too. I mean, you want pieces from this game. You're starting Mike Davis. You're starting Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Matt Ryan is a fine start. Todd Gurley, all the receiving options for the Falcons as well. I mean, if, if you got pieces in this game, try to get them in your lineup. Definitely uh, guys I'm willing to play there. Uh, Roman, what's your pick? Well, I just want to quickly touch on Drew's second pick that mo- between Moore and Anderson, one of them is bound to score. So I think you, n- you nailed one of them, but hopefully both of them are in the end zone too. So Soft pick. I, I, like, I like the thinking there. Uh, my second pick is uh, Scotty Miller on Tampa Bay. Um, I had Uh-oh. Godwin, I had Godwin, but he's out this week. So I'm going to pivot to Scotty Miller for just this one week. And I think he obviously had a good game with Tom Brady getting connecting him for a touchdown and other deep passes. And I think that continues against a Giants team that is very impenetrable. Um, so I think, you know, Scotty Miller's in line for some touchdowns before, you know, Antonio Brown comes back and that could shake up the whole offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Drew. I, honestly, sorry. Honestly, um, I like Scotty Miller a little bit more than Mike Evans. It just seems like the the chemistry between Brady and Evans is just not there, and Evans is super banged up. I think once Tampa Bay gets all their weapons back, including an- Antonio Brown to the roster, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like a Godwin, Brown, Scotty Miller, and Mike Evans, or Miller, Gronkowski, and then Mike Evans is way at lower on the totem pole. So um, I do like Scotty Miller pick. Uh, he reminds me of a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman like player. Brady has a type. He has a type. Yeah, and Brady Brady loves those type of the type of players, the the short little white guys that went to a college that you've never heard of. So um, Scotty Miller fills in fills that role um, very very well as we saw last week, and I think he is a good pick, especially with Godwin out um, against this matchup against a weak Giants defense. I mean, why why pass to a perennial slot? machine receiver in Chris Goblin or a one of the best outside receivers in the league and Mike Evans when you could throw to 510 Scotty Miller who runs probably a uh, four or eight forty. I mean there's no point to throw these all pros when you can easily just target this guy every time. But uh in terms of fantasy lineup man, I just cannot trust him. I mean yeah he went off last week. I understand that the dude is goosed multiple times it, the two weeks when people actually thought he was a startable option He's goosed both times. I'm not willing to go. I'm willing to be wrong on this one. So, I, I mean, on paper, looks like a wide receiver, too. And while I do agree with Drew that he may even be a better option than Mike Evans, I just can't do it, man, anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm honestly, I'm out on every receiving option in the Tampa Bay offense. I just think there's not enough, there's not enough love to go around. Um, at least this week, I, that's why I like Scotty Miller, because Godwin's not going to be there. Brown's right. not going to be there. I even like Evans for the most part. Um, but it is very concerning down the road once Godwin comes back. Um, what's his name? Antonio Brown comes into the lineup because, uh, I mean, that's just like five legit options. Um, and and even Fournette and Jones out of the backfield, they, they get some touches up through the air as well. So um, I, I'm, I like the running backs, Tampa Bay. I love Tom Brady as a quarterback. But in terms of fantasy for receivers, I'm kind of out on all those guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. This is – I think – these receivers are going to have, you can start them 
and they're going to have their weeks, but it's you're just never going to be able to predict. Boomer bust. There's high, it's credibly low floor and incredibly high ceiling because one yep. of them's going to go off, but you just kind of have to guess and hope that you're right. Yeah, it's basically just a crapshoot. I mean, you can go for it, you cannot. It's it's up to you. But uh, I guess an honorable mention for my start of the week would be Jarvis Landry without. OBJ, I think he has a chance to. I, he's been kind of disappointing this year, but he's been getting more targets as of late. Um, he threw for a touchdown a couple of weeks ago, but he's definitely due for uh, a receiving touchdown at some point, and he plays a soft defense. So definitely a guy I'd be willing to start. But a guy I really want to get into, and I'm expecting, I'm calling for the breakout. I've, I've done it once already this year. I'm going back to the Flames in a tough-ish matchup, but I don't think it's actually that hard. It's Hollywood Brown for me, man. Coming off the bye, I think this. I think he goes off this week. I think he, he scores at least one touchdown, goes over 100 yards against a Pittsburgh defense that has been allowing huge plays to the receiver position all year. They've been getting torched. I mean, you look at AJ Brown. He had a 75-yard touchdown last week against them. I mean, that just shows they're not. And I get that this defense is very good, but they're they give up points and they give up a lot of. Um, they they shut down the run for the most part. I mean, they did with Derrick Henry last week, but. Um, they they give up plenty of production in the passing game, and I'm expecting Hollywood Brown to go off in this game. I, I'm I'm sick of him mi- getting missed on wide open deep balls from Lamar Jackson. I think they figured it out on the bye week. I think Hollywood is a must start option this week, and a guy that I very much want to put in my lineup. Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, there's Brown's plenty, a good option. Plenty of points to be had in that game. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I actually just want to give a quick update. Um, we kind of mentioned that at the beginning of the episode that the Carlos Stillnap trade went through, but the exact details would be the Seahawks are giving up offensive lineman B.J. Finney in a seventh-round pick in exchange for Dunlap. So not not too expensive. I think it worked out for both sides. Yeah, it definitely helps that Seattle defense. Um, and they were they were uh, they missed out on Griffin, so they need to get some addresses because if they improve that defense, I mean, I think they're a legit Super Bowl contender, but they're not winning the Super Bowl with that that weak uh, sponge like defense where everyone just kind of scores at will, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, any final thoughts, guys, before we close out this episode? No, uh, this is a this was a fun one for sure. I know we didn't have a lot of different picks, but it's going to be fun. To... I'm making up ground. I'm making up ground. Ah, please. <laughs> We'll I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't feel confident in Detroit or Atlanta, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I do feel confident that the Saints are going to beat the Bears, and uh, Chris and I will be tied um, headed into Week Nine. So hopefully, hopefully that works out. But I uh, will have to wait and see. Um, that's all for this episode. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel again. Follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. You can also search us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, be sure to drop a comment down below as well um, on all, any of the topics that we talked about today in terms of the trades, Antonio Brown situation, Tampa Bay, um, all the great stuff we talked about. Um, but that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. See you.